0: The Supernova Episode One Hydrodenitas Superativa. Peace family, it's your girl Bakia coming to you live from my living room. Um I want to talk to you guys today uh, about a skin condition that I have. And I've talked about this in my book, The Teen Sex Trade My Story, but if you haven't read it yet, um, I'm going to go into what that what that means to have this kind of skin condition. Um, and specifically because uh, one girl reached out to me after she read my book and she said that she thinks she has the same skin condition. And that kind of surprised me because I really felt like I was one of the only ones um, that I knew personally that had this skin condition. Um, So yeah, I want to share with you guys today uh, to bring awareness to the issue and as well as like, you know, take myself out of my comfort zone because I don't really talk about this too much with too many people. Um, So it's a skin disease and it's called hygienitis superativa. That's like the long scientific name for it. It's called HS for short, or some people call it acne inversa. Um, And what it is, it's an autoimmune um, condition that affects your apocrine glands. So your apocrine glands are sweat glands that are typically in your armpit area or your groin um, or your butt area. And what happens is these glands become uh, clogged or infected and then they become inflamed. And then what happens is you get a cyst in that area and the cyst can range from like quarter size to tennis ball size. Um, There's three different stages of this disease. Um, Actually, let me call it what it is. It is a disease. Sometimes I say condition so that it's not like such a heavy Thing, but it realistically is a disease, so I'm going to call it that. Um, but with this disease, there's three different stages of it. I kind of, I guess, tiptoe between the second and the third stage. So in the first stage, it's kind of like isolated incidents of um, your glands getting inflamed. But then when you go into the second and third stage, what happens is under your skin, there's what's called tunnels. So if you have one cyst here and one cyst here, when it becomes so infected uh, multiple times, it creates a tunnel um, of tissue where it kind of connects the two underneath your skin where you can't see. So um, right now I would say my skin is doing pretty well. I've been trying to eat better. um, So I haven't been having as much issues, but I do typically have um, a lot of what's called flare-ups in my groin area. So. Yeah, I'm 28 now, and I've been experiencing this skin disease since I was, gosh, um, probably like preteen age. So I guess I'll start there and tell you guys a bit about how I discovered that I had this disease. Um, I remember being, I was maybe like 10 or 11, and um, I was at a sleepover with some girlfriends. Um, and I lived in Mulgrave Park with my family and I noticed that I was having some pain, like, in my bikini area. And then when I felt there, I felt that there was, like, a hard lump. And me being a child, like, I didn't know what was happening. So <laughs> it was really freaky because here's me and all the girls are trying to have fun and have this little sleepover whatever. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening to me? Um, so I got the one of the girls' mom to come and... Um, kind of check out what was happening. And I was really, really fucking embarrassed. I wanted to go home and the lady ended up calling my mom and I got to go home. And I didn't really know how to tell her what was happening. But um, yeah, basically I went home and I told my mom about it. She didn't really know what to do. Um, And it didn't really get dealt with at that point. It took honestly a couple years after that to actually see a doctor and figure out what was happening. So my uh, I guess my family doctor referred me to a dermatologist and that, <laughs> that appointment took like six months to get. Um, so I went to the dermatologist. Actually, before I say I got the diagnosis, from the time that I first experienced a cyst in my bikini line to the time that I got the actual diagnosis, that was a span of um, a few years. So in that time was when I was first uh, taken away from my parents and put into foster care. So it was actually when I was in a foster home that I got to, um, I guess, access these medical resources. So in that time, um, it was typically isolated incidents of having cysts, but then it started to spread from my bikini line into my armpit area, and it was very, very painful. I remember in junior high, there were so many days when I just couldn't get out of bed. Like, I was feeling so depressed. I was in so much pain. And because I was too embarrassed to talk to people about it, I ended up just having to deal with the pain myself. Um, Then I find the pain kind of manifested into depression. Because I was in so much pain, I didn't want to go to school. Like, there were certain things that I didn't want to wear. Like, if if you ask my foster mom now, like, when I was that age if I was in my room, I was always naked because just the friction of having clothes against my skin was so uncomfortable for my skin disease um, and so painful that I would kind of just lounge around with no clothes. And I'm basically pretty much still like that. Um, so then it got to a point where I was experiencing so much pain that I really had no other choice but to bring it to my foster mother. And she's the one that got me hooked up um, with the doctor and then again to the dermatologist. So. I went to the dermatologist and that was my first time seeing a dermatologist in the few years that I did have all these skin things happening. But um, it was a male dermatologist, I remember. I don't remember his name, but it was a male dermatologist. And I had to get undressed. (laughs) Imagine, I was like 14. I had to get undressed in front of this... um, this male dermatologist. I remember he asked me like, do I want like a female uh, nurse or whatever to come in the room? But at that point I was kind of just like, yo, I just want to get it over with. So like, let's just hurry up and do this. Um, so yeah, I basically had to, uh, strip down at the doctor's office and show the, show the man, like the areas that were affected. Um, and he kind of looked me over, um, and then he he knew right away, which I was so grateful for because I felt like I didn't know other people experienced it. So I didn't know if he was going to be able to tell me what was wrong. And I think that was a part of what was giving me anxiety too. But um, yeah, so he was able to diagnose me again. I was like 14 with hydranitis superativa. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm saying it right. It's two really, really long words, but um, HS for short. And again, it's a skin disease that affects the apocrine glands, and when I got this diagnosis, he gave me a few prescriptions. Um, one of them was for a topical solution, so it's kind of like a bingo dauber, and he just instructed me to like dab that on the affected areas, and then um, I forget what that one was called, and then there was a soap, I think it was called uh, minocycline or something, and. It was basically like an antibacterial soap where I had to like shower with that. Um, yeah, I had to shower with that to kind of help combat the buildup of whatever. And just so we're clear, this is not a skin disease that is affected by um, bad hygiene because I know for myself, like, there was a long time I'm like, am I dirty? Like, what? I didn't really understand what was happening. So, the dermatologist was able to explain to me that it's basically your um, immune system almost attacking itself i don't think it's called a i don't think it's an autoimmune uh, disease but it's just a condition that kind of affects you from the inside out Um, and then also i was put on an oral antibiotic uh, for whatever the course of two weeks or whatever Um, and he told me to kind of you know, keep going through that cycle of using the topical solution, the soap and the, uh, the pill. And then, you know, he'll see me again in six months and see where we are. So I do that. And I hated taking the oral antibiotics because it made my stomach hurt, whether I ate with it or not. Um, I didn't find the topical solution or the soap to be helping. I remember the texture of the soap was pretty gritty. Like it was just completely uncomfortable. So I did that. Um, over the course of six months, and mind you, I'm in foster care at this time. So as I'm trying to keep my skin disease at bay and coming to terms with the fact that I have a skin disease that's not it, there's no cure for it. There's no cure for it. Um, it's also not contagious. That's another thing that people should know. It's not something that I could pass on to a partner through any type of touch or sexually or whatever. It's just um, something that I live with personally. So yeah, I went through the course of this treatment for six months and it didn't really help anything. Um, I guess slowly I started to try to do more research on it, but I wasn't really finding anything. Um, and I actually read that it affects, I think it's one in a one in a million people. It's very under research because such a small amount of people have it. Um, I don't want to say doctors don't care, but like not enough people have it to make it urgent in the medical field. Um, So it's just kind of something that I've been living with. And uh, yeah, it affected me in those teenage years because, you know, all my other friends are wearing tank tops and bikinis and stuff, but I have this skin disease. And a lot of times, um, I should also mention, so what happens when you do have the cysts and they get inflamed is that they kind of come to a head like a white head that you would get on your face. Um, But they're really big at times. So my worst area around then was my armpits. So I would never wear a tank top. I would never wear white t-shirts or whatever because I was just so afraid that um, this cyst would come to a head. And then there's been so many times that it came to a head and it ruined my clothes because like blood and pus would come out And it would stain my clothes or I would have to wear gauze, um, basically like a package of gauze taped to my arm. And then also because my skin in general is very sensitive, the type of medical tape that I would have to use to cover the inflammation, it would like mess up my skin and give me dark marks on my skin. So... It was just this whole thing, like it gave me hyperpigmentation issues. Um, the scar tissue, I don't know if this affects everybody, but the scar tissue is very, um, for me, it stays for a long time. Like every time I get these things and they get really bad, I get scar tissue, which makes me have different uh, pigments on my skin that I personally don't like. I haven't really been called on it or like made fun of so much for it, but it's just something that I noticed so much that it really makes me self-conscious. So um, yeah, just dealing with that over the years, not having any proper treatment for it. So I decided to do some research for myself. Um, I wasn't really finding anything about how to treat it, but I did read that it affects um, black people more than anybody else. And I'm not really sure where that is, But once I started talking um, to my family about it, I realized that my father actually experiences the same types of um, cysts. He does not have a diagnosis. I don't think he's seen a dermatologist about it, but um, he did tell me that he experiences that, and he kind of just deals with it. But I wanted to find a treatment. So from teenage years until uh, I'd say my early 20s, Um, I started, I started dating this guy that was, um, he was from Trinidad and he was very like health conscious and, um, I felt comfortable enough to share with him. Um, you know, we were being intimate. So I told him like, listen, like I have this skin disease, it's not contagious, whatever, whatever. And unbeknownst to me, he actually went off on his own and did some research on it. And he found that, um, there's certain foods that trigger, you know, that trigger the body's response to produce these cysts. So um, some of the foods that trigger it are called nightshade vegetables. Um, So that's tomatoes, eggplants, bell peppers, and they say potatoes. But mind you, up until this time, like I ate a lot of things with tomatoes in it because my mom, she's pretty much a chef. She cooks a lot. So like I would eat things like lasagna and spaghetti and pizza, like, Even to this day, I love pizza, but I kind of had to work around it. So tomatoes are one of the triggers. And that one is pretty much the worst one. I don't really eat eggplant anyway, so I haven't really experimented with seeing if that's a trigger. But the tomatoes, if I ate a tomato right now, by the end of today or tomorrow, I would have a cyst somewhere on my body. And also I should say that another thing that accompanies this um, skin disease, I think it's called dermatitis or folliculitis, where it's basically like anywhere where you have a hair follicle, which is basically anywhere's on your body that can become inflamed. So like, especially on my legs, not so much on my arms, but like on my legs, I'll get like a lot of ingrown hairs, um, and things like that. And it's really just a nuisance because it could be, you know, a little, little issue or it could be something that literally makes me need to stay in bed for days at a time. Um, so yeah, so the nightshade vegetables are a big trigger. Um, friction is a trigger. So I don't really work out, but if you're someone who works out, um, the friction of like your underwear or like really tight pants rubbing against your groin area or like really tight t-shirts rubbing against your t-shirt or rubbing against your skin, um, that friction is what, if you're rubbing against your skin, it kind of like causes the inflammation. So that's another one. Smoking cigarettes um, is another trigger. I don't smoke cigarettes. When I used to drink, I would smoke sometimes or if you know I was feeling stressed, I would have a cigarette. But with that one, the next day I would have a cyst. Drinking is another one. I don't drink anymore, but when I did, if I had a night of like a lot of alcohol, I would probably wake up with a cyst um, on my armpits. Uh, what else? Stress is a trigger. That one's difficult because um, stress can come from so many different places, you know, like whether it's mental health or work or school or whatever. So that one is kind of hard obviously to keep at bay, but I do try my best to not take myself above a certain level of stress. Um, so yeah, those are the triggers that I can think of. And, um, Right now, my skin is doing okay, but I still have a lot of hyperpigmentation. Um, So, typically, I would not do this (laughs) because I'm so, um, yeah, I'm so shy about it. But just to help myself and to help anyone else who thinks that they may be experiencing this skin disease, I actually want to show you my skin and show you my problem areas. Um, Yeah. So I'll be right back and we're gonna go over what this looks like on someone who has hydranitis superativa. I'm gonna start by showing my armpits, which is my big uh, problem area. And I'm just gonna stretch out my skin so you can get a really good visual. Um, Another thing is that deodorant can affect it as well. So I think it's been about seven years since I switched from like commercial deodorant like Dove and lady speed stick to um, a natural deodorant. My deodorant is by Crystal I think it's called and it's made out of mineral salts um, instead of like, cause mainstream deodorant has like aluminum and parabens and stuff and this deodorant doesn't have any of that. Um, so it's been helping my skin a lot and typically I don't shave my armpits but I did shave it the other day cause I knew this day was coming to record and um, yeah. So if you can see here, there's like some dark marks here all of these dark marks were where I've had cysts. Um, and what happens, sometimes they, sometimes they kind of go away on their own. This one was my worst one. Sometimes they'll come to a head and they'll drain, you know, the blood in the pus or whatever will come to a head and drain on its own. But sometimes I've had to go to the doctor or even to the emergency room, um, I'll call them like minor surgeries. I think I've had like just over a dozen of them. Um, So what happened was this one got so big that they had to what's called lance it. So basically you go to the doctor or the emergency and they will put um, some local anesthetic in your skin to freeze it and then they'll take like a little scalpel or whatever and cut it open so that the, the pressure, they can release the pressure and let all the drainage happen. And I remember a few years ago, I think it was in 2012, I had one that was so bad, it actually reached from here to here. Um, and when I went to the emergency to get it looked at, they were like, yo, like I can't believe you've been experiencing this for, I think it was just over a week that it came to that size. Um, so that one was pretty painful because I had to get so much local anesthetic, which I'm kind of sensitive to. Um, so they kind of had to put more in order to get it to work properly. but. Yeah, so they had to do that, and then I had to wear my arm in a sling because, yeah, just the aftermath of having that um, minor surgery or whatever was really difficult. Um, and yeah, so I'm gonna show my bikini line. <laughs> die about? don't mind my tattoos. Um, but you can see here that it's, I have a lot of dark marks, hyperpigmentation, and these are all from cyst. And this part's really um, difficult to, I guess, maintain because obviously I'm always wearing clothes um, and underwear like when I go out in public and whatever. So that area kind of causes the most heat and friction. So I try to wear um, underwear that's only 100% cotton. And I do like my tight jeans, you know, but um, just like as soon as I come in the house, like I try to make sure like I'm loose and comfortable um, and leave it at that. So hopefully this was informative for anybody that might be experiencing this. Um, I feel pretty liberated right now. I'm not going to lie because even like a bikini, like I wouldn't wear a bikini. So if I'm going to the beach or whatever, I'm gonna wear, you know, like a shorts, a bathing suit that has shorts or a one piece or, you know, a t-shirt over it. But now that I'm coming to terms with the fact that I have this skin disease, um, it is what it is. (laughs) If people see it, they see it. If they want to ask questions, um, I actually like that people ask questions, even though it makes me a tad bit uncomfortable because I want people to know and I want people to understand that this is um, a disease that is out there, even though it's not really talked about and it's not really researched. Um, And I also got this tattoo So a lot of people say like, oh, is that for breast cancer? But this is really just an awareness ribbon. So when people see my tattoo and they're like, oh, is this for cancer? And then I tell them like, this is actually um, just a little symbol to bring awareness and attention to my skin disease. And then I'll talk about, I'll talk about it and uh, yeah, teach people about what it is. So if you think that you're experiencing something like this um, or your skin looks like mine or you're in this type of pain and you're embarrassed or whatever, to talk about it, I really encourage you to talk to your doctor because that's the only person that could link you with a dermatologist who would give you the diagnosis. And everyone's different. Like I said, there's three stages of it. Some people stay at stage one. Some people stay at stage three. But you're never going to know your course of treatment until you speak to a dermatologist. Um, So, yeah. Hopefully that helps and I'll see you guys next time.